This is our league, and this is your league. From the 55-yard line on CFL America Radio and the Sports History Network. Stand by, 15 seconds to air. Stand by, old camera, and videotape. Ready with your opening graphics. Stand by, Howard. Here we come, Frank. Ready, Don. Stand by, audio, your opening music, and roll tape. Take tape. Nestled on the shores of Lake Michigan lies a town of 100,000 people. It's here that you will find one of the most storied NFL franchises, an unexpected home to football mecca. A singular setting unique to all other professional sports. This is where I continue my journey Green Bay, Wisconsin. Known mostly for their beloved Packers, there is more to Green Bay than frozen tundra and cheeseheads. And small towns can be complex, just like their big city counterparts. And a town whose population is nearly 80% Caucasian, it was the other 20% that interested me. This is Marta Miller, an immigrant dairy worker from Mexico, and her son, AJ, United States Navy veteran. This is Harry Sidney. Born and raised in Mississippi, the former Packers running back still resides in Green Bay over 25 years after the end of his career. These are members of the Oneida Nation, a Native American tribe who made these lands their home over 200 years ago. And this is Mike Daniels, a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Originally from New Jersey, Daniels is now a year-round resident of Green Bay. These two are the faces of Green Bay, representing in many ways a town's relationship with race, a relationship that has evolved over decades and continues to evolve today. My name is DeHasa Hill. My name is AJ Perez. I'm Marta Miller. Art Skinnerdor. My, My name is Harry F. Sidney III. And I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I live in Green Bay. And I play for the Green Bay Packers. One hundred years ago, and with $500 he received from the Indian Packing Company, Curly Lambeau formed the Green Bay Packers. No NFL team has been in their city longer, and perhaps no NFL team is as intertwined with its community as the Packers are with Green Bay. And in many ways, football and the Packers have instigated change and evolution in this community 
throughout the decades that may have otherwise never happened. But the racial integration of the NFL was a slow process. While Kenny Washington signed with the Rams in 1946, a year before Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier, it wasn't until four years later that Green Bay signed Bob Mann, making him the first African-American Packers player in a predominantly white town. And the road wasn't easy. Today, the Neville Public Museum, located on the banks of the Fox River, features the Delay of Game exhibit, focused on the experiences of African-American players in Titletown. 69. Don't even look that old. This is my first stop to meet Harry Sidney. There's a lot of life in that, my friend. And it freaks out that I'm here in the museum. The former Packers running back came here in 1992, well after the majority of the league's integration in the 1960s, and found a town that still had its issues, but also a willingness to grow. How, how important is this, it's, is this exhibit? I mean, like, for the community here. It, it, it's crazy on a personal level because you want to make a difference. These guys in here made a difference. There's no future without the past. And these, there's a lot of these guys paved the way for me, paved the way for the guys that are making a million dollars, and these guys played it for the love of the game. So 55 years ago was when the Packers, you know, started to integrate. This is probably one of those towns that took a little longer, it took a lot for the town to come around, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I was reading about Dave Robinson, his struggle with finding housing here. Comes here, he's playing for an NFL team, but he's, he's you know, living in a motel or, Wherever he can, he, 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 he can't get approved for... Because uh, he's working for me. He's, not, he, he's working for them. He's not living with them. He's In their mind, he's good and he's a great guy. And he look what he does and we can cheer him, but we don't want to eat with him next to him. When you say working for him, you mean because the town owns a team? Green Bay's a white town. I mean, when I was here, first played here in 92, the coaching staff, we brought barbers up from Milwaukee because they weren't any black barbers in Green Bay to cut hair. We brought cooks from Milwaukee. I, I still used to go to the grocery store and they would put, wouldn't put change in my hand. Mm. In, the this, in, the in the 90s. In the 90s, this slowly changed. In 1960, not all NFL teams had a black player, and the Green Bay Packers only had one. But then came Vince Lombardi. Let's go out there! Lombardi's contributions and success in the NFL is well known. I mean, he's got a pretty cool trophy named after him. But Lombardi's fearless, progressive stance towards integration may just be his biggest contribution to the sport. The legend had changed things. Look at the stands. There's not a whole bunch of color except for on that field. And he made, and he made those guys okay with it. I think Lombardi was a, a, a class act that he believed there was a higher calling than just football. And you look at all the different other things that you hear about Lombardi doing. When it comes to, to racial issues, he was way in front of it. You well, go, that's so ironic that, that it was here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that he but, was that guy here. I mean, it probably has done a lot for the city. Oh, it's so much of it. I mean, he was a guy that said, I don't care. This is my guy. And guess what? If, if Lombardi, Vince Lombardi said, that's my guy, who are you to say it's not my guy? And winning helps. Well, oh, tell me. When, when, the, team, when, when the team's not, help, not winning, it's, a, it's, a, well, it's harder to get the fans on board, you know? And, and, and then things that maybe aren't issues before, it's hard to get them, oh, it's hard to get them to buy in. Winning helps a lot of things, and then you go from that time, and then, then you go from the 60s and stuff way into the 90s when Mike Holmgren and Ron Wolf come. That's a long time to create bad ideas. That's because a long of the, because time. Because of the losing. Because of the losing, Partly. that's a yeah. long time to stereotype people. Mm. 
that's a long time to go, well, I really don't care about this issue because you're not bringing nothing to the table. So we're not even dealing with it. I want to talk more about Reggie White, yes. you know, and that, <laughs> the significance of him coming here and what he did on the field, but also like what he did for the community off the field. When Reggie White came to Green Bay, he said it was okay place for black people to live because other African-American guys came after him because he gave it credibility. In 1993, the league's biggest free agent chose to move to a cold weather climate, a small Midwestern town, and join the Green Bay Packers. The rest is obviously history. But it was that choice that not only propelled Green Bay towards winning, but opened the door for this town to further undergo change. If you're an athlete, there's a different, you're seen as a different black than, than another black. That's just the way it is. That's still a struggle, I mean. Today. It, today. There's a lot more changes that have to go, yeah. But maybe Green Bay's that place I picked because I saw changes happening. Do you think it's more important for young black people or young white people to come see this delay again exhibit? I think it's important for all people, all young people, because this is about, not about black or, it's about struggling. It's about deciding that you're gonna make a difference. It was about defying the odds. Because every one of these guys up here had to go through something to get to another place. And if you can learn from something from that, you're gonna be a better person. I don't care if you're black or white or whatever color. Come here and check this out, this is huge. I would say the thing that I don't realize about Green Bay is that it's more than a football town. It's not just a frozen tundra. And Green Bay is one of those places that has history to it. Really, people only think of the Packers, and that's about it when it comes to Green Bay. The thing most people don't realize about Green Bay is, is actually how diverse it is. It's beautiful here in the spring and the fall. Winters suck. Other than that, it's a beautiful place. Forced out of their native land of New York in the early 1800s, the people of the Oneida Nation resettled here, in Wisconsin, over 200 years ago, seeking the company of other Native American tribes in the area. This is my next stop, the Oneida Nation, 100 square miles just west of Lambeau Field. Unquestionably beautiful, undeniably pure, it's a reservation home to 20,000. And for more than 200 years, the Oneida Nation has fought. Fought against widespread poverty within the community and prejudices and racism from the outside. I sat with Art Scanandor, principal of the high school, Brian Peterson, head football coach, and Tahasi Hill, chairman of the Oneida Nation. So the Oneida people, or at least part of the tribe, traveled on their own out here almost 200 years ago yeah. uh, to escape social injustice, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, but there's still an element of that today. Um, it's, it's always a work in progress to continue to educate the community about the importance of um, the diversity in the community and everybody is treated fairly and the value that um, land is to you know, Native American tribes across the country. And making sure that companies understand, you know, the potential hazards of, say, a pipeline burst under the Missouri River. We look at the earth as that mother that we share. And so every day, a part of our school uh, responsibility is to give that thanksgiving, that gratitude, express that every day. Football, obviously, is a big part of the, the community here. <laughs> the last couple of years, our roster size has been tiny. We didn't have enough players to field the team. 
one of the athletes came to me and said, you know, we heard about this eight-man football thing. We thought about it and talked it over, and we decided to let's go ahead and give these kids a shot to play. Yeah, I mean, you said you had 11, 11 on the team and, and eight yeah. are playing at once. Correct. Obviously both ways. Yeah. Our last game of the season, we had a concussion and we had another injury. And um, we are kind of looking at halftime, kind of wondering if we were going to be able to pull off another half of football. So it, but we made it through, you know. That's cool. When we went to the Packer game, we we entered through the Oneida Nation gate. So there's a there's a relationship there. Oneida has a long history um, with the Packers. Um, some of the first uh, professional players with the Packers were actually Oneida men. It's interesting. So there's actually uh, Oneida sponsored, it's called the Walk of Legends down by Lambeau Field, historic okay. Lambeau Field. And so some of those um, markers actually detail out the history of uh, some of the Oneida players in those early days of the, you know, the Acme Packers. I do want to ask you guys about um, these, the, the mascots in professional sports, and some of these names that, that we still use, you know, like the Redskins. Does it, does it hurt you? Does it offend you to see that that's still the name? We've asked for everyone to consider that that's offensive. Racism for many years has been about symbols. Mm. And so when you look at it in that context, you know, our position as a nation has been pretty clear. To me, with that name and their location, represents a very dark period of, you know, American history. You know, there was essentially a price put on Native American heads, you know. The scalp with a little bit of the, the red skin on it was how you would get paid. Mm. I think about, you know, the Redskins particularly being in Washington, D.C., which is our nation's capital. And, you know, and often on Thanksgiving, the, 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 the Cowboys play the Redskins. And it's like, it, it's off-putting to me now, like, now that I've, uh, grown a little bit and, and think about that and, and, and are able to speak to people like you uh, about this more. What can we do to help uh, change that? I think of education is probably the key to putting away the, the kind of the, the light of racism in, in, this, in this country. We're all human. We're all human in the human family. Right. And so, you know, we need to be able to have that, that respect for one another. We tell our athletes when we're on the bus to every game, you know, where we're going, you might be the first Native American men that these guys have met in their entire life. So the way you behave on the field is going to set the impression going forward. Mm. We've, we've had issues where we've went to fields where it was a little rough. There were some racist things in the crowd. There were some racist signs. We went back and played that same team the next year. And after playing and meeting our guys and getting to know them, it was a different atmosphere the next year when we went there. The word is a, is a sort of hosioste in our language. It means you got to pull out your ear. You got to cup your hand over your ear so that you can hear. And so that's getting up early and hearing what's around us. And that's where we hear each other's voice. And sometimes that's the hardest thing for us to do. Right. The role of football in Green Bay. The role of football in Green Bay is very important. It really just brings the people together. It brings families together. It brings our community together. It brings a lot of unity to this area. The history of Green Bay, the families sitting around watching the game. It also is great for our economy. It does a lot of good things for the businesses in town. There's such the face of everything Green Bay, football. Packers Pro Bowl defensive lineman Mike Daniels has always been a little, well, different. That's hilarious. Now a year-round resident of Green Bay, 
rare to say the least among the roster. Daniels has embraced his new surroundings and welcomed the differences as a challenge. An avid fan of comic books and anime, Daniels draws inspiration from the characters and now looks to provide it to the community he calls home. Well, so what, what drew you to anime? What was it about that for you that kind of, I don't know, spoke to you, I guess? I was always a different kid, so I was always attracted to things that were different, I guess, weird or foreign. And in this case, I found someone that literally was foreign. <laughs> and weird. And, and, and weird, <laughs> Weird yes. to me, but Very I, weird. it's foreign oh, and weird no, to me. Oh, no, 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 no. You ask any anime fan, they'll say, you oh, know, yeah, this stuff is extremely weird, but that's why we like it. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Did you, like, picture yourself being these heroes or these characters? I, I really admire a lot of the characters. They have a goal. They struggle quite a bit early on. And they have to really train or focus or whatever they have to do to get themselves up to the next level. They're always working for the next level. Okay. You live in Green Bay year round. Oh yeah. You know, I know a lot of players all over the league, no matter where they play, you know, they go back to maybe their college or their home city where they grew up uh, to train in the off season. You live here and you moved your family all up here too, not just your immediate family. Mm -hmm. Why? It's just a great place to be, man. You know, I'm from New Jersey, grew up right outside of Philly, you know, so I'm used to a faster pace, obviously, and I'm extremely thankful that I got to play at the University of Iowa because it was different. Obviously, it was uncomfortable at first, but as time grew on, I said, this is, this is great because when we get out of our comfort zone, it's when we grow our strongest. So now I come, I get drafted by a team that's uh, in a city very similar to uh, where the University of Iowa is, and now I'm embracing it. You gotta be gritty, gritty to be out here. Yeah. You may see a snowstorm in April. I don't care, it builds character. And it's one thing my dad always said was, football was meant to be played in the elements. And when you deal with this weather, it builds character. My dad was big on hardships building character. And to this day, he says, I'm, I'm glad you're out here. So, so not just with your own kids, but giving back to uh, a lot of the, the local young people. You know, what is it specifically that you want them to focus on and, and I guess provide opportunities for beyond just finding themselves, you know, and who they are? Well, and that's, that's another reason why I stay in Green Bay because it is such a family atmosphere. You know, it's not a really large city. It's a smaller town and everybody knows everybody. So with that, you're part of the town here. They accept you. And with that, you have to give back. I want to be able to work with the kids. And living in Green Bay, it definitely gives me that opportunity to give back because it's a community and the community accepts you, not just as a professional athlete, but as one of theirs. When you're a Packer, you're always a Packer. And you can be weird. You can be weird, be you can be you, man. <laughs> oh man, and that, that's what makes this place so great, man. That makes me, want to get in the community even more. They're so accepting, they love, they love us so much. Why not be part of that? Green Bay, I've often said it is, Green Bay is the American dream when you're old enough to realize the American dream. Green Bay means to me, uh, uh, it's a home. What Green Bay means to me is home. Green Bay means home. It's uh, a love of relationship to family and friends. I call it quietness, peace of mind town. It's uh, the best place to raise a family. And I'm so proud of it, to be from here. Today, the Hispanic population in Green Bay is increasing by nearly 30% year after year. 
But in 1994, Marta Miller was somewhat of a trailblazer. The single immigrant mother from Mexico headed north with her infant son, AJ, in tow in search of work. And that search landed her here. It's been nearly 25 years since Marta first came to Green Bay, a town she's seen undergo dramatic change. I met with Marta, where she's worked for the last 10 years at a cheese factory just south of Green Bay. So you're working pretty hard down there. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is every day. It's hard work. You're on your it feet, is. you're moving. So when you first started, you were pretty young, right? When you yes. first, 20 maybe? Uh, 21 when I first came here to Wisconsin. Was it intimidating? It was. There was hardly any Hispanics here. When we rented our first house, most of our neighbors were uh, Americans. You mean white? White. <laughs> and, uh, and they're, you know, they're like, oh, one of the little boys, a neighbor playing with my son, and they're like, look, mom, his, uh, Hispanics are moving in. And my neighbor was like, oh, great, now we got Mexicans next door. Mm, yeah. The neighbors don't know their neighbors. I imagine also one of those worries from a lot of the Wisconsin locals is, is are the Hispanics are gonna come up here and take all our jobs. We're like, well, we just wanna work and earn our money and go back home and all. And, right, you're taking um, advantage of the, the American opportunity. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity th here. There is, and there were jobs, and still now, there's jobs everywhere. I'm not here taking anybody's spot. At this point in time, is it, is it a lot more integrated in the communities, or is there sort of separate communities that are more, the, the Hispanics live here and, and, and the white people live here? We are mixed now. We mixed neighborhoods in good communities, and in, it's not as good as we would like it to be, but it's a lot better than when I first got here. Mm. Do you know your neighbors now? Yes, I do. <laughs> That's good. That's a step, right? It's hard to ignore the power of the Packers in this town. It's just everywhere. My next stop was to head back to Lambeau with Marta and her son, AJ. After leaving Green Bay and serving in the Navy, AJ had developed substance abuse problems, becoming estranged from his mother and failing to see her for almost six years. What was the hesitation coming home? Like what, why was it so hard? What was going on in your life? I think I just felt like a failure. I always told myself when I left that when I'd come back home, I'd be like, I come home with standing tall, you know? Right. And I wasn't standing tall, so I was like, I don't want to go home. It's like, I just felt like very, like, shamed, you know? I think it's common in the veteran community, you know, you have all the substance abuse things, you know, because you're just kind of trying to find a way to, I call it that adrenaline rush, you're trying to get that high again, things like that, or that bond that you have with the guys, with your, you know, with your team. I think that's what I was trying to find the most when I was, you know, living in L.A. The only words that I would hear from him I'm okay, mom. I know, mom. And all I did was just keep praying and praying and praying. Was it scary for you? It was very scary. I cried and cried and prayed to God. Did you just want him to come home? Was I that did. Just... I did. While still living in Los Angeles, AJ began to pick up the pieces of his life, working with a foundation near and dear to my heart, MVP merging vets and players. A foundation started in 2015 by myself and NFL insider Jay Glazer to help athletes and veterans with the transition process. It was a donation from former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy 
that allowed MVP to hire AJ as an employee, another incredible step in his recovery. And a thank you letter to McCarthy brought him one step closer to coming home. So I kind of just sat down and I wrote him a letter. I revised it a few times and all that, but then... What did it say? I just, I thanked him. And then I mentioned how important the Packers are, what his donation to MVP did. And then I kind of wrote a little bit about being home. And then I just casually said, like, I, I would love to meet you one day so I can just thank you. You know, because for with his contribution to MVP, you know, like, I, I can help out every veteran and former pro athlete that now comes to our program. And then I just put forever thankful and I put AJ Perez and I sent it to Jay and I didn't think anything of it. Next thing I know, he's like, hey, when are you going home? He's like, you're gonna meet Mike McCarthy. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And then he's like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna take your mom there. And I was like, excuse me again? <laughs> when he first came home, we hugged, we cried. And first thing comes out, mom, I have a surprise for you. And I'm like, you do? I don't need anything. I just want you here at home with me. That's all. I don't want nothing. And that's when he said, Mom, we're going to meet McCarthy tomorrow. And like, it was great. It's great memories. But to me, it's, you know, I don't need that house. I don't need anything. All I need is my son to be okay. He's more than okay. Yes. I want him to be. I want you to know that I love you and I'm proud of you. I love you too, Ma. <laughs> of all the places I've visited on my journey, it's hard to say that Green Bay isn't the most unique. And when this stadium is full, like it is on Sundays each year, it's obvious the power that football possesses. And I think that's why I love it so much. I'm not saying that football solves our problems or makes them go away, but it can, as we've seen, bring a coach to a town to forever change it, both on the field and on Main Street, with a progressive and inclusive view of all humans. Serve as a sense of pride for a group of people whose bond with the team connects us even closer with the land. Allows us the confidence to be different, to pursue the differences and put ourselves into challenging situations and to unite, whether it's a mother and a son or an entire town. And this, this scene, is the power of not only the Packers, but of sport. The proof that differences can be put aside, that progress can be made. And with that, even despite tundra-like conditions, we can all weather the storm.